Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, welcome to this week's episode of the Mum and Mama podcast, brought to you as always by Golding Accountancy. We are golding.com for all your accountancy needs. How are you? I hope you are good. I am good. Um, This week is the first episode in my trilogy of episodes that are talking to women with gynecological issues, predominantly endometriosis, but also adenomyosis. I'm sure that's how you say it. I can't even remember how you say it, but I'm sure it's adenomyosis. Obviously, we get into more of the symptoms and everything in the podcast but I wanted to do this because I have endometriosis which was diagnosed earlier this year and ovarian cysts which I need to have surgery for which will be next year now um but it was very interesting when I discovered that I had this condition then finding out how many other women suffer with it and the terrible experiences they've had of getting it diagnosed and treated um, because it just seems to be that if it's women's gynaecological issues, unfortunately, most of the time we're told to put up and shut up because it's not taken seriously. But believe you me, I've never been in so much pain in my life and I've had two natural births. So, yes. Anyway, I won't carry on, but if this is your first time listening, thank you for checking the podcast out. I hope you enjoy it and I'll see you in a bit. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Work. Work. Oh, hi. Hello. 
Hi, Grace. <laughs> um, today I'm joined by the lovely Grace, who I've been put on to by our mutual friend, Nicole. Do you know Nicole? Has Nicole been cutting your hair for ages, or if you, is this a recent um, thing? I mean, I don't get them, don't, clearly don't get it cut very regularly. <laughs> I think she's cut my hair about five times. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so not too, but she's, she obviously spoke to me about you because you're having, or have always had gynecological issues, mm. and you're very young. How old are you? 20? 25. 25. 25. And I believe, are you having a hysterectomy? No, so I've just had a laparoscopy. Okay, so, yeah, so what's what's happened at the laparoscopy? So it's been years and years and years of pain. Finally pushed them to do the laparoscopy about, I think it's about four weeks ago now. Um, oh, well, this is the first time? Yeah, first time. And I had my so first, have... first ultrasound was at 14. First oh time God, so... I passed out with pain was when I was 14 and now I'm 25. How old were you when you started your periods? 12. Twelve. Okay, and have, have they always been painful? Yeah, always painful, always heavy. Wow. Random times of the month, like horrific. Um, but kind of never thought anything of it because my mum, my mum and my nan are the same, so they didn't really know any different either. Um, so it's just the typical. It's just period pains. Yeah, you just got to basically part with it. Yeah, and then just yeah. kept complaining of pain, passing out. Um, anemic most of my life um school letting me pass out in PE and saying oh can you get up now your periods like because I went to a girls school so they were like oh we all we all get those and then finally finally I went to uni I was like oh this uh, this just isn't normal um and yeah about a year ago again it started getting a lot lot worse and they just kept saying oh Let's check you haven't got appendicitis. If I get tested for appendicitis one more time, <laughs> and I'm like, I know, I know it's not my appendix. And they were like, oh, oh if it's been painful for more than three weeks, it could be a rumbling appendix. I was like, three weeks? It wouldn't have been rumbling since I was 14. <laughs> like, yeah, just a long, so long they... time. <laughs> so when you had the first scan at 14, what did they find? Nothing. No. Nothing. Yeah. Because you can't see, can you, yeah. with an ultrasound? Yeah. And even sometimes you can't even really necessarily see anything with an MRI. You have to have a laparoscopy to really find out what's going on. Yeah, so I first, so about a year ago had another ultrasound, kind of the external ones and the like transvaginal. Yeah. They found, it's a classic where, so a lot of my friends have PCOS. They yes, said, they yes. were like, don't necessarily listen to them because the woman was like, I hate to say it, but there is no cyst. I'd been into A&E, thought I was having appendicitis, such bad pain. And she was like, there aren't any cysts, so I can't diagnose you with PCOS, but there is fluid and there should not be fluid around your ovaries. But technically we can't, we can't prove that that came from a birth cyst. But the fact that you went into A&E four days ago with that level of pain and now you've got fluid around your ovary, we'd assume, but we can't diagnose you. But then... Yeah, just kept having to push and push and push. And I was like, I kind of, I had the symptoms for both endo and PCOS. And just, it took a year of, I think this year I've had about 15 blood tests. Just constant. They kept forgetting to do extra things. Just constant. And in the end, they were like, "Um, your options are, let's see if you've got IBS. Do you want to change your diet? 
that's been since I was 14, like give up bread. Oh, it's not bread. Milk. Oh, it's not like, la- you're not lactose intolerant. And I was like, I know it's not my stomach. <laughs> I know it's my, it's my gynecological organs. Like, I, yeah. but just years of that. And as soon as someone mentioned laparoscopy, I was like, I don't even care about the other options. Give me the operation. Yeah. yeah. And that was about five months ago. So actually they moved quite quickly once I think they could see that I just, luckily I just said to them, I was like, my mental health is in ruins. If you don't yeah. give me this operation, I don't know what I'm going to do. So yeah. then they move, they move quite quickly. So that was nice. <laughs> I didn't think it was going to be this year. So. Oh, really? So yeah. how long the waiting time usually been? Um, I think it depends how urgent they think it is. Yeah. And I think because I suppose where you live as well is exactly. the postcode isn't it? With all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, I think I was so, so lucky. I think after that long, I was so pessimistic. I just thought yeah. I was waiting for the letter through and I was like, oh, it's going to be... I was kind of preparing myself for next summer. So when they yeah. gave me the date, I was like, what the hell? And they gave me the date about a month and a half before the operation. It was so really quick. So when did you have it? So four weeks ago now. I've still four got the stitches ago. in. So how, how long does it take? What, is there, what do they actually do? Do they go through your stomach? So it's keyhole. So I have three... Yeah. So there's one in my belly button and then one either yeah. side. But they kind of said, yeah. because most of my pain is on the right, they started by looking in at the right, yeah. just with cameras and bits. Um, but luckily, they were like, while we're in here, there's nothing they could find on the right at all. Luckily, they just decided to look at the left as well. Weirdly, they found all the endometrious stuff on the left. Burn it off. Yeah, so now I'm going in for more tests. They're like, it's so. They were like, we can't understand why your pain would be on the right. So more tests now. I've had a smear last week. They, they think they they're like it is. You've got endometriosis. You've got. They're finally now at least saying you've got PCOS. Um, Yeah. And now they're looking at maybe labeling it as chronic pain. But I'm trying to push for them to. There must be. There's got to be a cause of it, surely. Mm -hmm. You're not. Surely you don't just get pain for no reason. Exactly. And I was like, that's. uh, To be fair, I actually don't know. (laughs) I think now I'm so. Well, the other thing I was like, I don't want to be labelled with just chronic pain and draw a line under it at 25. I was like, especially when it's impacting all my reproductive organs. I said, I was like, could you at least see how many like eggs I've got left? And they said, oh, I'm not. Unless you're, like, trying for a baby, they won't see if you're infertile. They said it's highly unlikely. But I was like, when I've got constant pain in that area, of course it's something I worry about. And they won't yeah. They won't check. They just said... But that is one of the uh, symptoms of endometriosis is fertility issues, isn't it? Yeah. But because so I'm not trying for a baby, they can't... That's an absolute uh, joke. If you're there anyway... <laughs> Just check. I know the amount of money they've spent on me at this point. (laughs) So they just said if I wanted to check my fertility, I have to go private to do that. And it's about a grand. And it's just like... Wow. Knowing me, I'd pay the grand and they'd be like, oh, yeah, you're super fertile. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, that is the thing. You know, it could have no effect whatsoever, couldn't it? So you could be absolutely fine. And I guess... It isn't something you really need to worry about until you do want to start having children because you are young. But that yeah. being said, 
if you are going to have issues, it's better to be aware so you can kind of get a head start on, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, that's the thing. I think I've always grown up wanting to be a mum. Right yeah. now, it's not something I can see for the next 10 years. But if I, was find, if I found out I've got like six eggs, I would either freeze yeah. them or yes. start reevaluating yeah. what I'm doing now. Yeah. But I think it's just the NHS, isn't it? Uh, so under... Yeah. Underfunded. Unfortunately, it's, yeah. That it's bad enough anyway, isn't it? But at the moment, I think everything's just... But yeah. then I think that is also a bit of an, a bit of an excuse as well with them mm-hmm. getting rid of a lot of things, you know. Yeah, I think but, female female health is always the first to be cut. Yes. So. Yes. It's the bottom of the list anyway, isn't it? <laughs> so what did they... At the laparoscopy then, did they laser off the yeah. endometriosis? So they, like, burn it off? Yeah. It, it was really mad. I woke up and obviously it's my first operation ever that my mum can yeah. come in. So I'd only had one on my, like, my eyes before, but I was a, technically a kid then. So my mum, and because yeah. my mum doesn't live in London. So she was all yeah. like, oh, I don't want you to have this operation in London. But the waiting list in like our closest at home is Oxford. And the waiting yeah. list was huge there. So I was like, I'm just going to go ahead. I'm going to get it done. It was just so weird going in. I think especially with COVID, you can't have anyone in with you. She dropped me off at the bus stop and I like walked in with my rucksack of stuff and then woke up and they called her in. But it just felt really odd because, How of course... How did it last for? So I went in at about midday, couldn't eat anything, yeah. couldn't drink any water. That was, my, that was the hard thing for me. I couldn't have any water. Yeah. Um, I think my operation was around four... And I was at home by about half seven, eight. Oh, wow. So you don't stay in? It's no. Just, uh... Oh, yeah. In and out. Wow. I don't know if that's a COVID thing or not. Did you? Did they put you under or were you awake? Yeah. They yeah, they put you under. Um, but it was so quick. I, well, I don't really... I'm, I go loopies and thing on anaesthetic. So I think I... Beforehand, I had a... Bless her, a student nurse putting my cannula in. No, what's it? Not a cannula. That's when you wee out of. What's it called? A, sorry? No, no it's a catheter. Come <laughs> yeah. getting the mix yeah, up. I kept saying, I was like, I kept saying, I was like, oh, when am I getting my catheter put in? And she was like, well, hopefully you're not having one of those. <laughs> but yeah, the girl put my cannula in, and I was like, oh, that's going to be the easy bit. Like I've gotten quite used to needles now with all these blood yes. tests. But yeah. the, it was a student, and she was getting all shaky, and because I hadn't eaten, I've never. I just went completely doolally. I they put my head between my legs. All the like top nurses were coming in. Oh, they wow. made, they did my blood sugar and I had hypoed. Um, yeah. So then the student nurse was crying. I was like, oh, this is the last thing I want before my operation. I was trying to say sorry, but within about thirty seconds, I'd sweated through the hospital gown. It's completely soaking, and wow. I I remember just kept saying like, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> like it's fine. <laughs> But I think after all of that, I was already a bit out of it. They made me have that glucose gel, which at that point, I was so hungry. I was like, I'll eat anything. (laughs) It's like eating Play-Doh. But yeah, then I I went in. The nurse kind of said, this is what we're going to go, this is what we're going to do. Here's your surgeon who loved, luckily, I know this sounds really pointless, but it was a woman. And that made me so relieved. And she was just so lovely. And I was already in the surgery room, which I felt quite weird. I was just sat there in the gown and she was like, so then we're going to do this. And there was this big light above me. And she was really nice. She said, oh, on a night out, what do you drink? And I was like, oh, yeah, a bit of wine, a bit of tequila. And she was like, so I'm going to put a bit of anaesthetic in. And this is like two tequila shots. 
And then she was like, and I'm going to talk you through, lie down, and then I'm going to give you a pint of tequila. And I don't remember anything after that. I was out. I guess she was right. Wow. Yeah. It was really, it, you know what? As much as, like, an operation can't be nice, when I was in that room, she really, like, made me laugh. It was just great. Yeah. And everyone in there was a woman, which just yeah. put me at ease. But I woke yes, up saying... Yeah. I woke up talking about something at work. I was like, oh, I don't want to reply to this woman. And they were like, what? And I was like, oh, can I just reply to her after the operation? They were like, well, you've had the operation and you're not at work. <laughs> it's fine. The things I must hear people come out with. Yeah. But then after, straight after that, I think because of COVID, usually I think whoever's brought you in, they would kind of run through what's happened. But they said yeah. it to me, and I was on a different planet still. And she just got an iPad out and started showing me my insights, like actual photos of it. M- Matt, maybe she did ask, I don't remember. <laughs> but I probably was like, yeah, show me them. Yeah. But I'd wow. never... Yeah, she showed me my bowels, oh, my, my cervix. Like? Not what I expected. Like, really? yeah, she was like, this is your kidney, this is your bowels, this all looks good, this is this ovary, my fallopian tubes. It was really gory, but then it was quite interesting to see the bit that was endometriosis. Yeah. It just looked like a bit of, like, ash. It looked like someone had smoked a cigarette over me. And then wow. she showed me the before, and then she was like, oh, and this is what it looks like after. And it looked like someone had stubbed a cigarette out on me. Like, they'd burn it off. Did And had they got rid of... It. Yeah, yeah. And um, what did she say about everything? Did she say that you were all okay and everything was fine? So I think it really depends on the woman. So it could yeah. be that I need another operation in a year. It could be that I never need one again. It yeah. Com- it could be that it didn't do anything and I need a hysterectomy. It completely, they were like, give it a year. If it gets worse, come back to us, but... We've got Did they tell what's you there. why they can't stop it from happening? They say they don't know much about it. There aren't enough studies on yeah. it. Um, some women, it comes back hugely. Mine, they, I know they do it in stages, and mine was like really minor compared to some of the things she's seen. Some people yeah. get it growing on like their lungs. I know she yeah. said that it at could first. It could be anywhere in your body. You can't even get it in your brain. Yeah, yeah. and luckily mine was pretty close, a yeah. really small amount. But she said that they still don't even know. She said, don't see it as minor because the pain you've been having isn't minor. Yeah. We yeah. can't tell you that this small amount we've found means that it's not as painful as someone that's got tons. She was like, we just don't know. Yeah, because there's no, there's no um, what's the word, correlation, is it? Like you can have a tiny bit and be in the worst pain or you can mm-hmm. have loads of it and not even know you've got it. Yeah. So, I mean, because I've got, a, so I've had a marina coil that was one of the yes. things they tried to fob off on me about was yeah. my second one. So I got my first one in my first year of uni, um, did the five years, got my new one in um, last December, so about a year ago. And I didn't even think about it, but they were like, oh, when we do the operation, we're going to have to take it out. Like it's going to be in the way. So we'll put another one in, which in my mind, it blew my mind more that I went to sleep and someone had done my coil and I couldn't... Yeah. It just felt really, like, I felt, like, weirdly violated. I was like, oh, I haven't shaved, sorry. <laughs> they were like, it's fine. <laughs> but I think because I've got a new coil in, they were saying that if I have cramping, it's going to be difficult for a, a month or two to know 
whether that's me adjusting to the new coil or if that's the pain continuing. Right. Which is but frustrating. But is the point of the coil supposed to stop the yeah. endometriosis? Yeah. For some women it works, some it doesn't. I'm, I, I haven't heard of anyone that it works. Um, but so why do you have it in case it's worse without it? Yeah. Yeah, to be yeah. fair, I'm one of the lucky... I guess, depends how you look at it, but I don't get periods because of my coil. Oh, OK, yeah. So in some ways it's a blessing, but I still... in What I thought were cramps, and she was like, but you don't know if they're cramps or endometriosis. So yeah. when they said, they were like, oh, have you got irregular periods? I was like, well, six years ago I did. Now I don't have any, so I've got nothing to go yeah. by there. But... I think it works for me just in terms of, like, I hate the pill. Hormonally yeah. messes me up. So I'm going to continue with the coil, but yeah, it's so frustrating. you don't get any side effects at all from it? No. no that's good. No, I would I recommend it. it to anyone. I, I had it. it when I was, I think I was about 24, 25, and it made me very angry. Because like, I've never been able to take the pill because it just makes me crazy. Mm-hmm. But this I, I felt fine but I was very quick to anger and yeah. since I've discovered I've got endometriosis I've gone on to the progesterone pill mm-hmm. because they that's the first thing they do isn't it so I'll go on the pill <laughs> so I don't want to yeah. go on the fucking pill <laughs> it makes me mental but I've tried the progesterone only one because my friend recommended that to me mm-hmm. and I did because originally I did have to take the normal pill for like a month while my, I was getting my doctor to do me the prescription for the progesterone progesterone only because this is coming from my friend this isn't coming from the gynecologist at the hospital mm-hmm. even though since throughout my own research i've discovered that endometriosis feeds off estrogen so surely if they're giving me a pill with estrogen in it that's not really a good idea anyway but i just genuinely think that's because they don't know anything about endometriosis unless they're specifically studying that then yeah but anyway but um but yes yeah, so i took the normal pill for a month and went mental and then I went on to the progesterone only one and I was okay but I'm I'm very quick to anger still but yeah. only I'm not angry all the time <laughs> it's just if something annoys me I'm very like Ugh. and I'm not like that I'm very laid back I don't really get that angry often mm-hmm. so when I went my last stint in the hospital a couple of weeks ago the gynecologist said if you're if the symptoms of you taking the pill are not, you know, worse than the benefits of it, then just stop taking it. Because when I went into hospital, I couldn't take it that day because I didn't have it on me. And then I didn't take it the next day. And then I got my period and I was a bit like, well, I'm just going to not take it anymore. But then mm. I've had a, I've been referred now to UCLH and I spoke with the doctor there and she said, we do, rec- I go back on it. It's better that you go back on it just until we because I've got to have surgery so it was like until you have the surgery it should hopefully help your symptoms but I'm a bit like well I was taking it and I ended up back in hospital so it's not stopped anything Mm. but would I have ended up in hospital sooner if I hadn't been taking it you just don't know do you that's I think that's the problem it's you just don't know they don't know I don't know the amount of time I spend on the internet getting conflicting advice I think my approach was just, is this making me feel better? 
in the short term, yes or no. Yeah. Because... Well, I suppose if you're not having any periods, because I'm still bleeding, and I, I, I can't remember when I had the coil if I still bled. I think I probably did. Mm-hmm. Because I don't ever remember there being a point in my life where I didn't have periods, but my memory is very bad, so I could <laughs> well have not had periods. But yeah, if you're not bleeding, then obviously that's kind of the aim of it, isn't it, really? Yeah, so I think it works for now. I mean, I'm still in pain, yeah. still taking Cocodamol every day. Oh, really? Yeah, at one, that, they prescribed me the highest dose of Cocodamol. And they just, before I demanded the operation, they were like, oh, just continue with that. And I was like, I'm going to be an opiate addict. Like, what the hell? Because then at that point, when I, I'm taking it every day now, but not, they were saying every four hours you can take two. So the amount I was taking every day, then just regular paracetamol and ibuprofen did nothing. And I would get like the shakes if I didn't have it. And I was like, it's because of the codeine. Like, yeah. What the hell? I can't believe that a doctor was prescribing someone just endless codeine. But that—that's not the answer, is it? You can't yeah. be on drugs for the rest of your life. Yeah, and it makes so you're still feel shit. Pain then. Yeah, yeah, not not as frequently. Yeah. It used to be. So I I used to use a tens machine a lot. The past year, my tens right, machine yes. has not not been off of me. I haven't really used it since my operation, but. They'll be like, it's really, it's like a deep, nervy pain. And I said to them, I was like, it is similar to what my pain was like before. So I don't know if it's a new pain or just a different version of what the pain was like before. Yeah. And they were just like, oh, do you have trap? One of them said, do you have trap wind? And I was like, do you really think I would be calling a doctor over <laughs> trapped wind? Like, are you kidding me? I had that. Yeah. It's always been loads. Feel- yeah. Well, did you think it was trap wind? I was like, I thought I was gonna die. Like, yeah. <laughs> I've had two children, and I have had trap wind before. I, I know it is very painful, trap wind, but it's like this is it, not that. Yeah. This is like you're gonna die. It's hurt so much. Yeah. And would you compare? Because obviously, I've not been through childbirth. I was trying to explain it to my it's mum. Worse than childbirth. Okay. It's worse than childbirth because with child with your contractions, they kind they build and it really hurts. They peak and then they go down. But this mm-hmm. pain is just constant, isn't it? Like, there's, mm-hmm. there's no break at all. It's just yeah. like someone's twisting your insides mm-hmm. and that's just holding it constantly and that's it. Yeah. For however long, until you get the drugs that are good enough to block it. Mm-hmm. And then when they wear off, it starts again. Exactly. That's the thing, I think. the amount, There's just a list of things they try and tell me, oh, do you think it's that? I'm like, no, I don't think it's that. Yeah, appendicitis is the classic. Yeah. Honestly. The first time it happened, that's why I actually went to hospital. I mean, obviously I was in a lot of pain, but I was... Even though I'd had a burst cyst when I was pregnant with my first daughter, I didn't think that... I I just didn't even think about that. And I was thinking, shit, what if it is appendicitis? I mean, mine's always on the left. And it's very rare, I think, for appendicitis to be on the left. It's Mm -hmm. the right side. But I did think, shit, I better actually go to the hospital because if it is... You know, if they come downstairs in the morning and I'm dead. Yeah. <laughs> that would be very nice. So that's when I went to the hospital and the guy and the guy was like, Oh, I think you've got you've had a burst cyst and I was like, Oh yeah, actually I've had that before. <laughs> that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, but that's the only reason that I went in. 
But I suppose with you, if it's always the right side, then it, I suppose that is a consideration. But I, I don't know why they're so against listening to the person who's experiencing the pain. Mm -hmm. I understand, obviously, they've been studying for years and have a lot more knowledge than the general person has. But if, if you know what you know what your body's like, you've been in it for your whole life. Yeah. You know, it's like, why are they so resistant to believing when you say, no, this is really, I know this isn't a normal pain, this is something else? Honestly, well, I mean, there was one appointment in particular where I'd had a blood test, an ultrasound, it was kind of a long day, had my MRI, and it was just this male doctor at the end walked me over, and I was still naked from the waist down, he brought his other male student over and I've never felt more vulnerable hoping well I guess I was hoping they were going to tell me bad news I wanted them to know what it was he yeah, just yeah yeah he didn't even like let me cover myself over or anything he just said yeah well it's not appendicitis there's nothing wrong with you so you can go and I was just stunned I was like well that I was just lying there and I was like well there's something wrong and he was like well, there's nothing we can do so you should get your clothes on done now and I remember just wandering around. It was only once I got on outside that I think I stopped being stunned and just burst into tears. Yeah, and I'm not, yeah. I'm not someone that likes crying in public, but I was wandering around the corridors at Homerton, just sobbing. And luckily a security guard was like, are you okay? And I just said, I was like, just had such a horrible experience with someone. Yeah. I'm, I'm in so much pain. I don't want to go home, but they've just sent me home. And luckily they called up the nurse in the ward and I went back up and they got a different nurse to come and talk to me but I'm so glad I made a little bit of a fuss because I was like that is just horrific but how can they send you home when you're obviously in so much pain yeah well he said he was like there's nothing wrong with you it's not appendicitis probably period cramps and I was like are you two two men telling me that you have just never I think that was by far since I was 14 the worst yeah I've been treated and of course it was yeah Two men, while I was naked from the waist down, already feeling vulnerable. I'd had all these yeah. ultrasounds and been poked and prodded just for them to say, oh, because it's not appendicitis, you're fine. But it's like, on that whole it's just period pain thing, like, it, it's really not nice being in hospital, is it? You, you really mm -hmm. don't want to be there unless you have to be there, especially at the moment with everything mm -hmm. that's going on. Why would you, if it was just period pain, which there's no just period pain, because period pain fucking hurts yeah. a lot. But it's like, why would you take yourself out of your home into a not a very nice environment unless it was something serious? Literally. That's what I said to or, him. I was like, why would I want... you're a, a woman? I think that's what it hysterical? is. Are you hysterical? Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, yeah. you're, just, you're making a scene. Yeah. And that's I said, what it comes down to. That's the thing. I was like, why would I voluntarily have a transvaginal ultrasound if it was just period pain? Yeah. Like, why would I do that? I was like, the amount of blood tests. I, I didn't like needles at the beginning. I was quite scared of them. I didn't like hospitals. And I was like, the amount yeah. of time I've spent here, why would I put myself through that if it was just cramps? Yeah. I don't know. It's, and it's explaining it to work as well. I think that was what the problem was, is that I have been in like yeah. my, my dream job for a year and that's the exact time that it really worsened so the amount of time I was taking off sick and then they would try and split all of the hospital appointments and 
Sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. That's the thing. I was they were trying to split all the appointments and they were all in always in the middle of the day on a weekday and I was like, I can't keep doing this. And one of them said, Well if it was urgent, you would and I was like, It is urgent, but i I'm still in my first six months of a job. I wanna make a good impression and I don't wanna yeah. say to all my big bosses like, Oh sorry, I've got like pelvic pain. Like, I've got something wrong with yeah. my, like, feminine organs and stuff. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to say that. Yeah. So I just, it was, I'm so glad I've done it. And actually, by the time I was having my operation, I kind of felt, I don't think work never didn't believe me. But once I'd had the operation, I think they were like, oh, okay, yeah, it's something serious. Yeah. If the NHS are going to operate on her. So they were yeah, really good. I, I had the two weeks something. off and they're now really like, are you in pain today? Do you need to take any time off? Like, they're oh, so good, good about it. Yeah. So I'm just glad I was open about it. I definitely wasn't at the beginning. I was like, oh, I'm feeling a bit under the weather today. It's, it's, I mean, I've, I've always spoken quite openly about my periods because I've always, I've always suffered mm-hmm. and I think people should talk about it so I have but it is I can understand it being an uncomfortable thing to talk about and not really wanting to and especially you've got to judge your audience like I've always worked in not unprofessional places but I've never worked like I've never had a proper office job it's always kind of been a bit more I don't know mainly in music or whatever so it's always been a bit more relaxed I guess mm-hmm. but I had I been in a, a pro- I mean I don't know what you do but I would imagine if I was in a bit more of a, a proper job i might not feel that comfortable yeah. approaching a 50 year old or 60 year old man worst thing it was really my f- bad period problems <laughs> it was my first proper job like i went through uni that was at least a bit more flexible because it was on my own time but it was always tough missing seminars having to say oh i'm not very well and then putting in double the amount of hours to try and catch up on things when i wasn't feeling shit yeah. And then got made redundant in lockdown one. They were the job that job were actually quite good about it. They were like reasonably creative. And then now I'm a civil servant. So I know that in civil service they are great about giving you time off because it's such a big kind of organization. But there is kind of a it's a big step up from anything I've done. It is yeah. an office job, it's I wouldn't say it's a tough environment, but it is smart. You know, yes. it's there are processes in place and oversharing yeah. isn't really a thing, especially when I'd never... Well, I only met everyone the other day, a year into my job. It was all over oh, Zoom. Oh, wow. So, like, over Zoom, yeah. you can get to know someone, but not fully. Yeah, but, yeah. So there were about nine months in, I was, like, to one of the girls on Zoom oh, yeah, the reason I've been off is because of this. And I was yeah. like, I think it, yeah, definitely worse because I haven't met them in person, but yeah, I think it was just definitely difficult when some people that I worked with were very, very professional. Yeah. That I just didn't want to come across as, like, someone that was weak. Yes. So I would sit there and I ended up having, the reason I got my TENS machine was because I had hot water bottle burns. And I was yeah. sat on these Zoom calls and just in so much pain, but still like top half, 
yeah completely yeah. fine but like digging my nails into my hands like anything to kind of yeah. be able to do my work but just exhausted by it so I think I'm so glad now that like all my team are very aware yeah but I wish it's something I'd done sooner because what can they say you've got to judge your audience haven't you because there's got to be a certain amount of understanding in because if they've never heard of the condition Mm. or aren't sympathetic to female (laughs) yeah (laughs) health issues then it's people don't really get it it's like if you were sitting there with a broken arm or a massive cut on your face Obviously, when it's something you can see, people are more sympathetic, aren't you? But when mm-hmm. you're saying, "Oh, I've got, I've got stomach pain, and it's my, you know, it's my womb," and yeah, you know, some people might be like, "All right, love." And That's the thing. It's just... immediately get judged as being a weak woman because exactly. you can't just get on with it. It's natural, and it? it's a really difficult like thing to explain. So when I was like, "Oh, it's endometriosis," yeah. when they were like, "What's that?" and then I started talking about like l- lining and periods and it being out all over my organs yeah. they were all just like oh god that then feels like an extra level of overshare yes whereas i've got yep. another woman on my team who is so lovely and she's been really helpful she's got long covid so she's oh. been doing different hours and she's got occupational health in so i know that the structures are in place but i think yes because she was so unwell with something that everyone knew about i felt a bit embarrassed to then be like oh and me I've also got yeah. something when it's such a small yeah. team as well that I work in. But yeah, I mean, why? I just wish I had done it sooner because I had like a few awkward conversations explaining about, yeah, my womb lining. And now they're luckily it's actually so awkward for them that they didn't question yeah. it again. They were like, yeah, please just log out. <laughs> Stop talking about your periods. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was like, oh, it's lady All issues. Right. All right. <laughs> yeah. So how long, after you had the operation, obviously you were home straight away, but how long did you, what's the recovery time on it? So they say that if they don't find anything a week, if they find anything and burn it off two weeks, that's off work. So that's kind of the base level of recovery. I, my mum came around. So when my mum picked me up, I, she picked me up from the hospital. They said, oh, put a pillow because to be fair the seat belt was painful as anything so I did I have a yeah. full pillow up me and any speed bump was agony but once I was in I think because you've still got a bit of the anaesthetic in you I was like fine I'll eat a pizza sat on the sofa watch some tv and then it was yeah. the next morning when I woke up it was like my whole body was bruised I couldn't kind of sit upright it was yeah. I think it's kind of as if you've like all your stomach muscles gone yeah and I I knew I needed a wee I know I needed to go to the toilet but I, could, I couldn't yeah. and it was just the fear of it oh, so my my mum stayed over and she was like help me out of bed and it's not like gory or anything your wounds are all covered over yeah. but it was just things so you're not allowed to shower for I think it's two days Okay, yeah. Um, which I really found difficult because you come back and you're just all grubby and you just, yeah, you yeah. just want to be clean. So in the end, my yeah. mum, she was like, you can't have a shower, but I can wash your hair over the bath. And that made me feel better. Yeah. I yeah. ordered, si- I think it was size 20 pyjama bottoms because I couldn't yeah. have anything touching me. Yeah. And to be fair, the first probably 24 hours, 
I just sat in bed, did absolutely nothing. I slept so much. Um, But then my mum wanted to get home and she wanted me to come with her. So she was like, will you be able to do an hour and a half drive? And I made it, but actually I think in hindsight it was too early. I shouldn't have done it. And I think you just kind of convince yourself that you're fine because then once the kind of achiness goes... Once you've managed to go to the toilet, they recommend having, what's it called, fibre gel. That gets everything moving and you're like, oh, well, I'm fine now. Uh, yeah. Like, I'm fine. Um, and I think because they give you codeine for the first, I think it's the first three days. Right, yeah. Like, a, I mean, I was a pro at them anyway, but yeah. it did help. Like, the <laughs> achiness was gone and kind of yeah. the... I think before, if I even went near someone... Or, like, my mum gave me a hug, I would, like, jump because I was so tense. Yeah. yeah. After about three days, I was making myself a cup of tea, but spending most of my time on the sofa rather than bed. Yeah. And I think I should have carried that on for the first week. I yeah. I, I pushed myself because I got bored. Yeah. So I was walking up the stairs, and they say that I think it's four weeks, so I'm still not, like, lifting anything heavy. Okay. Cause I, so I went back to work after two weeks, nearly went back after a week because I was so bored. Luckily, work were just like, if you're bored, do, watch TV. Like, <laughs> don't yeah. come back to work. Yeah. Um, but I definitely just pushed myself a bit too hard. Like, I, there was no need for me to go help my mum do the shop. I should have just yeah. stayed on the sofa, done bare minimum for two weeks. But it's just so difficult to do. But... I, you know, if I have it again, maybe I'll try and force myself. But I think now... Well, hopefully you won't have to have it again. But then I guess... So what are they doing about the fact that you're still in pain? And they've got a... Def- so, it, honestly, it's been a bit of a nightmare the past few weeks. So I just said after about two weeks, I was like, this is still painful. I, I just don't want it to become a another eight-year wait. I'd rather just start yeah. exploring now, especially yeah. considering that they hadn't found anything on the right side. Yeah. So I had another quite annoying doctor say, oh, well, we'll just label it as chronic pain. Like, there's nothing else we can do. And I was like, there must be a reason for this. So There must be a reason for it. Yeah. There must be. Well, and this woman was, she was, I, I use that online GP service, so it's yeah. not the most personal. But I was a bit pushy and I just said, I've just had this operation. It's been a big thing. You can't now just leave me. You you can't just tick a box and I'm gone. So she was saying that... So I had my first smear test a year ago. And I had HPV. So I luckily had had my other one a week ago. And I said, I was like, could that be anything? I was like... Then I started panicking myself. And she just really calmly said, oh, well, to be fair, I think it was ovarian cancer wouldn't have shown up in any of the things you've had done and I was like surely it would they've looked inside of me like I've had these blood tests MRIs everything she was like no sometimes it doesn't and I was like so you're very casually mentioning cancer to like just so calmly and she was like we'll have your smear and we'll see what happens with that and I was like so it's not urgent but you're going to really stress me out oh my god Mm mm-hmm Because she was like, well, I don't know what else it could be. And she was really like, I don't know what else it could be, so I guess maybe it could be that. And it's just So she's saying that there is a chance that the pain that you've been having could be cancer, 
But instead of saying, so we'll get you straight in to get checked out, mm-hmm. <laughs> she's telling you not to worry. They'll find out your next smear. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I had my smear, I think, a week ago now. And I'm just nervous about it. And my mum's like, realistically... She was like, realistically, it's not that. Yeah. But well, as soon as someone mentions that... If you had all that, those tests done, then surely... I mean, I can appreciate that they might not have seen it, but we, surely it would have shown up in your blood tests. Yeah, that's what I thought. And now I'm trying... At first, I went into Google mode, and I was like, would this show up in this? And then I was like, no, this is the worst thing I can do. Yeah, yeah. So I've taken a step back from it now, but, but yeah, she was just like, wait for your smear results. And I was like, what the hell? I, yeah, I'm not. I it's. I'm not worried that, about yeah. it, but I'm but more worried that they're just tick, signing off as that. Like, yeah. oh well, if it's if it's that, you got an answer. And I'm like, there must be some other thing. So I mean, my focus now. I'm going to start um, doing the whole like cutting out different food groups again and see whether it's some kind of inflammation from my diet, but. Is there a chance that they could have missed anything? Like, could a cyst hide somewhere and then not see it? Or is that a fully, they see everything and, you know? Um, I mean, that's what I asked. When she said, oh, there's only a little bit on the left, that's weird. Um, And she seemed to just... I don't know whether it's because I was talking directly to the surgeon who'd done it. That it sounded like I was insulting her. I was like, well, could you have missed anything? And she just said, highly, highly, highly unlikely. Yeah. So it just felt like, again, they were saying, well, there's nothing wrong with you. So I think I'm back into that cycle again. No. I'm just kind of back yeah. to just pushing doctors who don't so have the understanding. Yeah. yeah. But I'm like, for me, I'm like, I'd want to know what it is. We've got a patient, young patient, who's in terrible pain. What is it? But surely, why don't they want to know? Yeah. It's, it's so ridiculous. And I think it's because it's... Because I can pinpoint the pe- the place where... It used to get so bad that it was my whole right side and it was spread across to my left yeah. when it was flaring up. But now the pain that's left is so deep and I would say it's like the size of a £2 coin. I could... If I could prop get into myself, I could definitely show them where it is. But because I can't explain it, they were like, oh, well, that's where your ovaries are and there weren't anything on it and I was like but what else could be there and they were like well we've checked all of that and I was like but the fact that I can pinpoint exactly yeah. where the pain is the size of the area the kind of nerviness of it I was like yeah it's not to me it doesn't feel like a cramp is damaged that's what I'm way. that's what I'm wondering now yeah um and I was looking into whether it could be I think is it like neuropathic pain or something but yeah i do still think it's ridiculous though that i'm damage it i don't know but that's the thing why am i the one having to google this when there's how many doctors have i spoken to now so i think it's a mix of like for straight like sometimes i just get so frustrated i'm like i don't care just eat a bar of chocolate it's this is my life now so i think it's that cycle of being briefly motivated to try and figure out myself and then just being disappointed that no one's helping me do it. So, I mean, at least I've got another deadline. It's just constant deadlines. It's like, there's disappointment, then I'll see what this result is. My next result is to see what, if I've still got HPV. 
yeah. then I guess there's a biopsy. But then it's, I shouldn't be, part of me is like, oh, well, I hope I have HPV because then there's a potential answer. But why would I be hoping that the potential answer is potentially cancer? Yeah. It's like yeah. this obsession with the fact that I need to know yeah. what it is. But, but you need to know what it is because then there's an explanation for the pain and then they can fix it. Mm-hmm. That's what, you know, that's what, it's exactly the same. It's like, I want to know what's wrong with me because then I know what, what the plan of action will be yeah. for them to fix it. Yeah. But it's horrible it's... hoping that they find something, but it is... That's the thing, not, I was it's like... It's worth not knowing. That's the thing, so I've done hundreds of, like... I was like, maybe I've got a horrible, aggressive form of, like, syphilis or something. The amount of tests, like, the amount of theories I've come up with are yeah. insane. I've got a little book. They made me keep a pain diary. And then I did my little theories in the back. And all my Google... I'm basically a, like, gynecological, gynecological expert now. I think yeah. I could retrain as a medic at this point. Yeah. You all these, could. Honestly, and I just think... One thing that I just wish they had was some kind of, maybe not therapy, but just a support service for women going through it that would at least help them navigate the whole system. There is, um, I, so when I had my consultation on Thursday, the woman there told me that they've got a support group and they Mm. meet on Zoom and stuff and they all share tips and ideas and everything. So she hasn't sent me the link yet, but as soon as I get it, I'll send it to you. Yeah. I think because that would be incredible. Because anyone can join, and it is just about... Because the thing is, it's, it, I think it's very important with all this is to share and know that you're not the only one. Because mm-hmm. when you feel like you're the only one and there's no answers, then that that's it, it, you feel helpless, don't you? But when you know that actually there's a lot of other women going through exactly the same yeah. thing, and someone might say, oh, that's what I had, and it was this, and then mm-hmm. you can go to your doctor and, you know... Or yeah. asked to get referred to UCLH. <laughs> oh, I know. She was so lovely, the woman that I spoke to. I didn't catch her name, but she she really wanted me to be aware of what was going on. Mm-hmm. She was like, ask me anything. I was on the phone to her for over an hour. She was amazing. I and was, was that like, a consultant? Why did it hurt? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because my friend got seen there privately, but you can get referred there on the NHS, so I just asked my doctor. and. Mm-hmm. I got referred there, and it was fine. Because you can ask to be referred anywhere, I think, really. Yeah, because I'm sick but, of Hamilton. <laughs> but she's. But I just said, do you know why it hurts so much? Because that's what I can't get my head around, is why does it hurt so much? Mm-hmm. And it for me, it's completely random. Like, there's no correlation with I get it when I'm ovulating or I get it just before I'm due on. It's It just seems to be completely random. Yeah. So, but I just, I can't understand, because it's not like, oh, I've fallen over and my, now my leg hurts it's just like all of a sudden I get the worst pain ever yeah I mean Why? for me it's definitely it's always when I've got a nice plan or when I've picked something out nice to wear that's the only rule I can see with it <laughs> any day of the month yeah the only plan I'll have any month I'll be in bed <laughs> yeah. yeah or when I'm exhausted and I'm just about to fall asleep then it'll hit yeah so that's the thing it's just being able to have answers because yes. when is your surgery yeah. is it a laparoscopy you're getting or yeah i need to have i've got so i've got a nine centimeter cyst in my right ovary wow. that they need to remove and i've got endometriosis but then i've also got stuff because my pain is always on the left 
but they mm -hmm. can't ever see my left side. They did when I had the MRI, and I know that I've got a cyst in my left ovary, but I can't remember how big that one is. But I've, I know I've got more endometriosis on that side. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, when I, when I have the ultrasounds, they can't ever see my left side. So, um, but they need to look, they need to get my MRI from WIPS and look at that, and then mm -hmm. they'll decide what the plan of action is. But she said that I might have to have two surgeries, one to go in and get rid of the endometriosis and then put me through a false menopause for three months to try and shrink the cysts down and then mm -hmm. go in and get rid of them okay but there's until they sit down and look at the mri i'm just hoping that it all happens sooner rather than later in my head i've got i'd really like everything to be done within the next six months I mean, uh, from God. <laughs> I really, I was really shocked about how quickly once I decided laparoscopy, how quick it was. Yeah. I think it's because the operation itself is very quick. I mean, it depends yes. how much they're burning off. Yeah. But it was so quick. My mum couldn't believe it. So she'd only watched one episode of TV, and then the hospital called her to pick me up. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was finding parking and everything. But yeah, oh, I mean, it's a bit of a nightmare, isn't it? For... <sighs> I know. Parking. Yeah, my mum was not used to that. They, she couldn't get a space. Yeah. They wouldn't let me leave until my mum picked me up, but she couldn't get a parking space. So in the yeah. end, luckily, one of the nurses was like, oh, it's my break. She walked me down. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, my mum got a parking ticket. <laughs> 90 quid. <laughs> of course she did. Of course yeah. she did. It's a bloody nightmare. Mm. Um, but, yeah, that's the... Um... Oh, what was I going to say? I was completely gone. What was I going to you say? said you're hoping it's within the next six oh, months. Oh yes, yes. Yeah, so I'm hoping it's with in the next six months, but we'll have to see. And especially with all this new, uh, what's it called, the variant? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if that's going to affect waiting times. Even I mean, I suppose the next few weeks are going to kind of determine a lot of things, aren't they? So, but I'm mm. just hoping that. I feel like I'm in good hands now because the service I've experienced at Whips has not been. Good yeah, I guess all. it's a smaller, I, smaller hospital. It's extremely overrun. Um, and I've had some of the people I've been, I've dealt with have been really good. Most of the people have been pretty useless. Mm -hmm. And it, you need specialists who understand exactly what is going on. And, you know, who can then help you. So I feel very fortunate that my friend recommended me to go there and I've mm -hmm. got in and yeah I mean but fingers yeah, crossed it's just the the recovery time but then I was thinking well when I had when I had the pain I was in bed for six days or whatever and then probably on the city for at least another week after I couldn't really stand up I was I was very sensitive so I imagine it's going to be very similar to yeah. you know that but I actually think will be for a good reason well the recovery pain I was so easy compared to the actual pain yes. I've been in before yeah I at yeah. least my mum just kept it like oh and I was like oh you haven't seen me in my yeah. worst pain and if I can sit in A&E <laughs> yeah. when I'm in that level of pain yeah I can sit and watch some Netflix yeah. and I think yeah. it's just enjoying it I think I just got really restless but actually yes I think yeah. that shows, though, when I'm in severe, severe pain from endo, I don't get restless because the pain is... Yeah. So I think it's a good yeah. sign that I was restless. Yes, yeah. Yeah, completely. And 
I mean, obviously you need to rest, but then sometimes it is good to push yourself a little bit as well if you feel, you know. Yeah, they say, they recommended like the first day, the day after, kind of make walk to the kitchen and back and then just increase it. I know on, I think it was about the fourth day, I went for a 10 minute little walk around and that was, then I felt better, had my fresh air. And I think after that, I just added 10 minutes onto my walk every day. But I mean, I'm still not back into like exercising. I'm a bit nervous about that. But I mean, I it's just take it easy. Because that's what I spoke to her about. Because I go to the gym quite a lot. But when I was doing, I mean, obviously, I won't, after an episode, I'll wait until I feel better to go. Mm-hmm. But I was, I think the first day I went back, I was doing burpees and I could feel, like, I could feel a lump when I was going on the floor and I was like, oh, oh should I be doing this? So mm-hmm. but when I spoke to her, she said, if you feel all right to be doing it, then do it. Because it's better, obviously, to exercise than not exercise if you feel you can. But if anything hurts or feels too much, then just stop. Cause... Yeah. Yeah, I mean... So just do go with how you feel. I'm still, still recovering. I keep having to remind myself, like, the commute. I'm like, I'm exhausted from even, like, the amount of time yeah. spent in hospital. And I keep being yeah. like, oh... Well, I don't. I shouldn't go to bed. It's too early, and I'm like, no. If my body's telling me I need to go to bed, I'll go to bed. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just trying to be a bit kinder to myself. Like, yeah. I know it's been four too. weeks, but still quite major surgery. It's, it's major surgery. I was in. I didn't do anything for four weeks after I was in hospital for six days, and I didn't have any surgery. I just was in a mm. lot of pain and on a lot of drugs, but I didn't. I was. I felt. I was fucked. So yeah. you know, you need to. And the thing is, you don't want to do anything. You don't want to push yourself too much and then set yourself back. Yeah. And it's crap out at the moment. You just want to be indoors and snuggly, don't you? It's Yeah. It's the best time of year for not doing much. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Oh, oh, thank you so much for coming on to talk to me. No, don't worry. And I really wish you all the best with it. Please keep me updated. I really hope that your smear test does come back okay and it's not... I mean, I know you want yeah. an answer, but... But I probably don't want that to be the answer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have they said anything about giving you a hysterectomy? They kind of said, do laparoscopy first. Yeah. But then it's, it's kind of... I think it, they won't recommend it if it's not horrific inside. Yes. It would be on me to say, oh, it's too much for me now. Take yeah. it out. But I think because I want kids... Yeah. I'm like, some people, I know I've been reading that some people have kids in it, the pain disappears. Yeah. So I was like, I'm straight on hinge, <laughs> find some <Yeah>. boyfriend. <laughs> you don't need hinge, you can go just down the bank. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, sometimes that's easier. Um, my sister had endometriosis, but she's 10 years older than me. So I, I kind of, I remember her not being well. And she just went on the pill. She had she had laparoscopy. She was in bed for two weeks. She was really bad after it. Um, but she was told to have a baby. Mm. She said, have a baby and you'll be all right. Well, it fixed my nan. My nan was saying, in hindsight, she definitely had it. She said yeah. that when, when she got a... Um, she got, you know, the snip. She said that they took loads of um, ovarian... They called them polyps at the time. Yes. yeah. Um, and she was like, in hindsight... I was I exactly the same as you, but because she had kids young, yeah. fixed her. Yeah. So that's why she was like, have you met anyone? And I was like, yeah. literally just got out of surgery, for Christ's sake. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, I think a support group just sounds like the cure yeah. for at least half of it. I think half of it is frustration and not being yes. listened to. Yeah. So yeah. if that fixes half of it, I'll, t- I'll take the rest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Hi. So, yes, that was the lovely Grace. Um if you have any questions or you have anything you'd like to talk to me about, you've got your own experience, then please get in touch with me. Um, you can find me on social media or on mumamumapod at gmail.com. Um, also, if you have any suggestions of topics that you'd like me to discuss on future episodes of the podcast or any guest recommendations, then please get in touch. I'm always looking for people to talk to because I don't have any friends. Um and also I do something called the Epic Mum Chat which is on YouTube you can just search Epic Mum Chat and we talk about basically I suppose it's kind of really for it's relationship advice predominantly for single mothers dealing with your ex-partners but um, it's good we have a laugh we have a laugh but also we do discuss very serious topics but in a light-hearted way but yeah I think that's about it. It's nearly Christmas. It's very exciting. Stay safe and sane. I hope you're COVID free. I feel like everyone I know is getting it at the moment. So I hope you're good. Big love to you all. And see you next week. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.